Hey, you're listening to The Real Kathy Lee on the Ultimate Homeschooling Radio Network. Thanks for joining me as I share my mom sessions. It's basically my imperfect journey of motherhood. Be prepared to laugh, maybe cry, but hopefully you're going to be encouraged as I share my failures, successes, and offer some tips I've learned along the way. And remember, you... Okay, ladies and gentlemen, are there any gentlemen who listen to this podcast? Actually, I would hope so. I actually, I do have some guy friends and guys that have heard me speak that say they listen. So welcome to any gentlemen and women. Um, so I know that it's been like back to back, Carrie Vosick, but guess what? It's back to back to back, Carrie. I'm back. You're back. And <laughs> um, what, what happens is, is that Carrie and I, well, we attempt to Marco Polo, but my audio is not working on that. So we text and we shoot pictures back and forth and she'll say, Hey, this would make a great podcast. So I'm like, all right, let's go. And <laughs> so that's what's happened this week. She's like, I want to talk about this. This is like a big deal to me. And I love that. So let's talk about it. So let's tell everybody, Carrie, what you want to talk about. Yeah. So um, I think, you know, what we were, what we were chatting about was, and what we've been talking about for so long is like self-care and what does that, what does that actually look like? That doesn't mean like being selfish. That doesn't look like putting putting all of your needs above everyone else's and not serving your family. That's not, that's not what it looks like. But one of the things. Tell me that once actually, when I was talking about when this became kind of an enlightenment to me, and I really wanted to start talking about someone in the church said those exact words to me. I really think you need to stop talking about this because you're teaching women to be selfish. And I wanted to like punch her. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. I thought, you know what? I've lived in bondage for so many years trying to take care of everyone else and not myself. It is my, is my natural default. And, um, and then I wake up just like I've recently done, to be honest, this is, this is again, making full circle. Um, I am open about everything in my life. And so, um, this past year I have really fought with my body and, and first I was hit menopause and I started gaining weight and then I just kept gaining. Well, then once Joshua got diagnosed with cancer, all self-care went out the window. I mean, I have just taken care of everyone else. And then I woke up, maybe it was when we were in New Zealand, I think, and said, what is happening to me? Once again, I've fallen back into the old patterns of taking, and again, you have taken care of a cancer kid. That's something worthy, but still. And someone gave me the advice right when Joshua was diagnosed, don't forget to take care of yourself. And I heard that, but I didn't hear that. And so right. that's where I want to start with this whole thing. Some of you are going to be ready to hear what Carrie and I are about to talk about, and it's going to make a difference in your life. Some of you, this is going to be a seed planted. And later, you're going to come around and go, gosh, I remember when they talked about that. And that's okay, too, because we are all on our own journey. And I would love for every woman to get this, just like I told you before we started recording. I wish every girl at 17 could hear this and hear it and receive it. But you have to be ready to receive information. It's just how we're wired. So, right. We hope you're ready to receive this. I know there are times I'm ready and times I'm not. At this moment, I'm ready to talk about it because I've actually again said, okay, enough is enough. I've got to figure out what's going on with myself. I've got to take care of myself. So 
All right. Well, and I think like self-care too, I mean, it, it can go, it can go to selfishness. It's like anything, right? Like anything can go too far in one direction. Um, but we also know like if we're going to Jesus chew the whole thing, like our bodies are temples. Scripture tells us that it says, be a servant, care for your people, put others above yourself, like care for others as you, as you care for yourself. Um, and your body is a tough, like it's, it's both. And it doesn't have to be, it's, it's not supposed to be one without the other. It's both and. And it's not just our physical body. And I think often we see that as our physical body, which is extremely important, but I think it is all of us. Yesterday I was on Instagram and a mom posted about, don't be scared to get therapy. Don't be scared to face your junk. Don't be scared to ask the tough questions. And I thought, yes, girl, preach it. Because I think when, you know, taking care of our bodies and our bodies as a temple, that's our physical bodies, our spiritual bodies, our mental bodies, our emotional. I mean, all of us really um, need to look from head to toe, inside and out, who we are and what made us this way. And sometimes it's, you have to realize it was, in the home you grew up in. And we talk about that all the time. The home you grew up in so played a part in who you are today. Just yeah. like the home your kids are growing up in will so play a part in who they will become tomorrow. Yeah. Well, I'm even, I'm, I'm starting, I haven't told you this. I'm starting counseling next week and Love kind it. of just like a, I'm in a, I am in a good place right now. And marriage is in a good place and parenting is like things are in a good place. <laughs> like, and I feel like I'm in a healthy enough place to look at myself and identify the areas that need work. And I might as well do that hard work while I'm in a good place, <laughs> you know? Yes. So it, it isn't that an interesting idea though, right? Most of us go to counseling in crisis, right? We go to counseling when something happens and sends us that way. So to be able to be self-aware enough to say, you know what, this is a good time because things are okay. So I can dig deep and do some work and self-reflect and, you know, be self-aware. That's, that's impressive. Yeah. Well, I think too, one of the things that I I think that you had talked to me about was like, I mean, of course, expectations, like we've talked about expectations on here multiple times, but, um, in our days, I think I was, I was allowing hard moments in our days to, to color those days, um, rather than just letting the moments, the hard moment be a hard moment in my good day, um, or in my fine day or whatever. And so when I say, I think listening to our podcast last week, I wanted to add this caveat, like when I say things like I'm in a good place or I've seen this delightful childhood develop in my children, in no way <laughs> does that equate to perfection or without struggle or without hard moments. You know, Boy, we have to keep saying that because it goes back to the Instagram life or the Facebook life and the things we put out there. I was looking at the picture you posted yesterday of your kiddos in the back seat of the car. I mean, they looked like the perfect angels, did they not? That was like the sweetest picture. (laughs) We'll post it here on the so that everyone can see this perfect moment. And if that is like most of us, 
either two minutes before you took that or two minutes after someone punched someone, someone yelled at someone, you yelled, you know, we don't often post a reality shot. And so we have to keep giving people reality check that this isn't reality. And I ask, just, I do still have that fear of what social media does for the mom who struggles. You know, oh, yes. she, 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 you know, gets on her phone, looks at that. She's already having a hard day. She says, well, look at their kids, man. Look at that mom. She's out there. I mean, I love Elsie. Elsie is one of my favorite people, yeah. people on the planet. Yes. Schoolhouses, but her, her pictures make me feel like dirt as a mom. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, Elsie, you're killing me. Like you're over there basically in like little house on the prairie. And I'm over here in the jungle. Right. <laughs> It's it's so we have to be careful. So thank yeah. you for adding that. Well, and if you follow me on on Instagram, I'm where the mudlings are. Um, but if you follow me, you'll see my hashtag joy in parenting or joy in homeschooling a lot. And it's not that for me started out of out of my postpartum depression and out of a choice to find joy in my days. It did not come out of easy, happy-go-lucky, perfect moments in my home. It came out of God has said that he gives me joy. Like, <laughs> isn't that, okay, I'm just, he has said I'm this, he has promised this, I will find it. <laughs> I'm imagining the visual of that, Perry, right? The, what do you think? Hashtag joy in parenting, skipping through the lilies. And then I'm imagining the joy in parenting, pulling your hair out, going, I will have joy. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure there are times where it's both. You know, there are times where you sit back and go, yeah, this is natural joy in parenting. And there are times when it is a choice. Yes. To be joyful yes. in the midst of parenting. Or, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and part of that goes back to what we really started talking about, um, before we started recording, um, has been like getting to know, getting to know myself. So part of that self care being learning about my own personality, um, largely if I can go, um, go kind of trendy here, I know this is becoming very trendy, there's a reason for it, but largely through the lens of the Enneagram. Um, and I know you're wrong. It's Enneagram. Enneagram. Oh, I said Enneagram. See how much yeah, any E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M. Okay. Enneagram. Got it. Yes, it is very trendy. And there's always, because I'm a bit older than you, there's always something that's trendy, right? It's the Myers-Briggs test. It's the leadership test. It's the, yeah. um, are you a high D, high C, whatever. There's always something that's trendy about personalities. But I think it's important to say or ask the question, why is that? And I think it's because people continue to see the value in knowing yourself. Yeah. So, yay. Let's take on the training. Well, yeah, and my, my background, my, my degree is in psychology and sociology. So I eat this stuff up anyway. <laughs> um, and I feel like anytime there's a new tool like this, it is just that it is a tool, uh, to, to use, to get to know yourself better. And you can take the pieces that are helpful and leave what's not, I feel like kind of like a homeschool curriculum, like, it's not, this is not a recipe for anything. This is a framework. This is a tool in your toolbox. And some resonate more with some people than others. Exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a great point. 
Yeah. So Enneagram has been huge for me because it has given me language for things. And I've done like all the, all the personality tests over the course of my education and nerdiness in this area. Um, so I'm an E slash I and FP depending on the day, uh, Myers-Briggs. Typically I'm an ENFP, but I'm like right on, right on the line. I can go I too. Um, but I am, if you know the Enneagram, I am a four, which is the tragic romantic, (laughs) 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 which is, as I tell you about this, you're just going to laugh. You're like, Oh, Oh yeah, that's totally you. Um, but what I've loved about the Enneagram is I feel like it's given me this framework for all these other tools that I already had. So like Myers-Briggs, uh, strengths, I love strengths finder. Um, Strengths Finder and some of these other ones, the Enneagram has been like this framework for putting those things, especially strengths, into action and and making them more effective. So the Enneagram looks more at your shadowy your shadowy side. Like I listened to this book by Ian Cron and Suzanne something called The Road Back to You. And I listened to Ian Cron. I downloaded that book. Yes, thank you. It's so good. And it's so easy to listen to because you can hop around if you're like, oh, my, my, you know, if one of your kids is a seven and you need to re-listen to the part about sevens like eight times (laughs) to help you out a little, um, it's an easy one to jump around in. So I really like The Road Back to You by Ian, Ian Cron and somebody else. Sorry. Sorry, other author. We'll put her in the show notes. Okay. Um, but I listened to his podcast, and I, I don't know if it was in the book or in his podcast, but he commented at one point, like, the Enneagram is not the personality test or a personality theory to dive into if you want to feel really great about yourself. Like, it's not going to tell you all the wonderful, lovely things. It's really going to unearth um, a lot of the the shadow side of your personality. Um, and I love kind of the concept of it because he talks about, in The Road Back to You, he talks about personality being something that we put onto our authentic selves in order to feel safe um, and cope in our worlds. And that when we learn about our personalities and we learn how to work through some of those pieces of our personalities that do not serve us well, that that is when we really start to unearth our authentic selves, who God, who God really made us to be. And I just thought that was lovely and wonderful um, because it's like, I, I guess I've just always had this feeling of like, I surely I am more than, than this, than this personality. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I do know what you mean. So I, so I've kind of loved it for that, for that reason. Um, and as a four being able to uncover language. And I think that's, that happens with our kids too. Like just sometimes when you have language for something, you're able to start doing something with it. Yeah. And it's powerful for them too. And they have language for it and they can express what it is. Right. 
whether it's a feeling or something. So one of mine, get ready for this, because you're going to laugh and you're going to be like, oh my gosh, yes, that's so you. Yeah, I'm ready. One of, <laughs> I think it came out in one of the podcasts I listened to. It was like a panel and somebody used the term doom cycle. So, <laughs> so fours are very emotional, very creative. Uh, they have very, very big emotions, very strong. Um, and and this they want to... I, our friend Jill thought I must have been a four because I'm so emotional <laughs> yes. all the time that I am not. Um, but yes. but I don't think so. I think you're... I, it doesn't surprise me that you're not a... I, would ne- I wouldn't have thought you were a four. I'm a you, two. You're a two, which is the helper. And is Rachel. Yes. Rachel, we're both twos. One of my besties is a two. Rachel (laughs) is a two. Um, So twos are helpers. So you have a need to be needed. You have a need. You are kind of driven by the the need to be needed, the need to be useful to other people. Um, This is about you. So go back to you, four. Oh, so fours. Okay, so fours are driven by this need to feel unique and special oh and to feel God. understood. <laughs> um, so when this doom cycle thing came out, I'm like, oh my gosh, I totally doom cycle. Like when I start spiraling into a dark place, yeah, I go hard and fast and with all the feels. Okay. Like I go, I go into the pit fast. And I mean, you've been there with me. <laughs> In the closet, in the tears, I'm ruining my children. I'm never going to have a, a relationship with them. There's no way I can homeschool. I mean, it's just, it's all the things. Like, I, I, I'm terrible at keeping my, it's all of it. I'm a bad friend. I'm a bad, it's everything. It's all of the emotions. Wow. Once I realized that I'm not alone in this, that most other fours, do the same thing, all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay, well, this is not so scary anymore. I'm, I'm simply in a doom cycle. <laughs> um, and so just having that language to talk about it um, and to process it within myself has been, has been so helpful. Um, and to know, and this is something you and I have talked a lot about before, to know you're not alone. It's, it's huge. It, it's huge. Even in that, I mean, I, I, everything, of course, is surrounded by what you're going through at the moment. For me, it's this um, cancer with Josh. And, you know, just the other day, someone messaged me telling me about their son who is diagnosed with leukemia. And leukemia is a very different type cancer than like a, you know, a tumor type cancer. Mm-hmm. And, but even that to hear, oh my gosh, the stories. And yes, you get it. You want, yeah, I, I'm not the only one who's done this. It's huge. And, and that's huge for every area of our life. Yeah. Area to have a connection with someone else for you to say, oh my gosh, it's not just me. I'm not defective. Something's not wrong it, it, uh, because I'm not alone. There are others like me. It is powerful. Yeah. And I think that's why I love why I connected with you so much um, from the get go was that that realness that like that I'm I'll share my my nitty gritty 
oh, with yeah. you. Um, <laughs> yes, you will. Yes, I will. Um, <laughs> but because, yes, within homeschool land, within motherhood, within whatever part of life, marriage, um, it is so encouraging and to see the lovely and the wonderful and what other people are doing. But like we were talking about earlier, also at some point you're like, what am I messing up that every, like mine never looks like that. (laughs) Like, why am I, how am I doing this wrong? But when you, when you hear the, the real parts of people, people's lives and you realize, Oh, I'm not alone. Oh, this is hard for everybody. Oh, other people doom cycle too. Other people get stuck in this too. Right. Somehow, somehow it lightens the the load. So with the Enneagram, that did that for you, is what you're saying. Yeah. You reading the doom cycle, the other, not, yeah. not necessarily the strengths of the four, even though that was probably encouraging too, but just the areas of struggle with the four. Oh, totally. Well, because the other thing that that characterizes the tragic romantic is um I love the way you say that the tra- romantic. <laughs> tragic romantic because it's just so <laughs> um, but like, from the time I was little I look back and I'm like oh from the time I was very that's it's just me um so pause one second is yeah. Ev is Ev a four so I'm gonna wait <laughs> to to determine that until they can find that out for themselves in their early early 20s in their adulthood yeah yeah. once it because I don't want to put personality onto them Uh, but I do have a feeling that yes that's what she will (laughs) develop into if y'all don't know just go back and listen to other podcasts yeah go look at my you will you will see it you will see it that's awesome um sorry go ahead So, but one of the things that characterizes fours is this lingering feeling like you've never fit in, Mm. like you're different from everyone. And so I think that's been something that has followed me around my whole life is I never felt like I fit in. I never, I never felt like I was quite right. I I always felt like there was something, something missing, something, and Enneagram speak, they'll call it the, the irredeemable deficiency. Like there is this, I constantly feel like there's something missing and I'm constantly searching for it. Well, now that I have the language of this irredeemable deficiency, I can name it and go, no, there's really nothing missing. And I, and now I have that tool in my toolbox to when I start to doom cycle or when I start to have those feelings, um, I just remind myself that no, nothing's missing here. There's, there's nothing missing. This is simply a feeling I am having. And this feeling may, may pass or it might morph into another feeling, but it's just a feeling and it doesn't control me. So here's uh, what I'm hearing from both of those examples. It's the, it's the ability to be self-aware enough to identify what's going on, accept it, work through it, and move on. Yeah. But that's big, right? And and to be willing, and this is this is something that that fours do well is to be willing to sit in it, um, and struggle with it. Okay. Um, and I think 
some, some personalities are going to struggle with that more, but to know that, that this, that it's a, it's a process just like anything else. Like we're not going to, we're not going to just fix it. We're not just going to identify something and fix it to know that these may be things that I have to remind myself of for my whole life. And that's okay. Um, cause I'm, cause I'm human. Um, but yes, to, to be, to be able to identify those things, to have tools to, um, to work through them has been so, so huge. So for people who don't know the Enneagram, and I know you don't know the Enneagram super well, and I'm, I'm really a novice. I'm no expert. This is just from like podcasts and books, but I think it's so cool. Can I just run through the nine types? Absolutely. Real quick. Okay. Next week, I'm going to be chatting with another girl who has studied it in more depth, and it's not going to be the whole topic of our podcast, but we're going to talk about it some more. So between the two, hopefully this will give people really good understanding um, of it. So yeah, run through the nine times. Yeah. Or a place to start so that yeah. you can go and get other other resources. If there is something where you're like, yeah, I want to learn more about this. I think this would be good for me. Um, so ones are the perfectionists. Ones seek to make things right. Like they, they want to fix things in the world. Um, they are the epitome of the perfectionist. Twos, like we mentioned with you, are the helper. Um, so they want to be needed. They want to fix things for other people. They want to make themselves useful. Um, threes are the loyalist. No, I am so sorry. That is a six. Threes are the performers. And I should know that because that's one of my wings. Um, threes are performers or I've, um, gosh, what's the other name of them that I've seen? Um, uh, sorry, I'm blanking on it. Um, but they, they are very, they're performance driven. They are achievers. Sometimes they'll be called the achiever. Um, they're very achievement driven. Uh, they set a goal and they, they will three. get there. That's a three. Yeah. That's one of my, that's right under, like I'm a two with a strong three wing. Okay. Yeah. So I'm a four with a strong three wing. Okay. That's our, that's where we meet. Um, and they can kind of be chameleon like, like they can, mm-hmm. they can kind of, morph themselves to fit in with whomever they're with, um, which can be a strength, also a weakness. Um, and then four, as we talked about tragic romantics, fives are investigators. Um, this is my husband. Though four and five are very close together, they are actually extremely different, which has been interesting. So investigators are all about like preserving energy investigating, gathering information. Um, they are, they are often not always, um, more introverted, um, more to themselves. So there's me who's all about interpersonal relations. And then there's my husband who's much more to himself. So that's been interesting and super helpful though for our marriage to learn more about it. Yes. Um, sixes are the loyalists. They are highly motivated, um, by fear. They're very, very fear driven. Um, but very, very loyal. 
Um, sevens are the enthusiast. They are after in adventure, um, the next fun thing. And they're often very, um, almost even scared of, though they wouldn't call it scared, but, but scared of negative emotions or they will put off negative emotions with everything they have. Um, eights are your, um, oh, what's the name of the eight? Um, I don't know. Let me look it up. <laughs> nines. Let's go to nines. Nines are peacemakers. I can tell you about an eight, but I'm blanking on the name of it. Um, nines are peacemakers and they are just like they sound. They, they challenger. See- Sorry. The eight is the challenger. Challenger. Thank you. Okay. Yep. So nines are the peacemakers. They want everybody to get along. They seek harmony. Eights are challengers. Protector and- is also saying here too. Protector. Yeah. And you'll, yeah, you'll see different names for them, but they, um, they tend to be people who are, are driven by justice, who will, um, who have no problem in confrontation, um, Mm -hmm. and, and want to be right. Um, so those are kind of the nine and it's, it's very interesting to hear about them. And one of the things that, that, Kron says in The Road Back to You is that this is not like being a, being a two, you're not like every other two. It's kind of like blue when you go to pick out blue for your living room, a color of paint. There's not just one color blue. There are an infinite number of colors of blue and they are not all the same and they are not all... Um, they're not all going to work every situation if that makes. And so I liked that analogy too, but, um, but yeah, kind of diving into this self knowledge piece of self care has been hard, like hard, hard, hard work. It uncovers things that I don't necessarily love about myself. It uncovers Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it just it uncovers things that you don't you don't love to see all these things, but when you take the time and do the hard work to press through them, gosh, there's just so much to be gained there in motherhood, in relationships, whatever it may be. Um, I just think it's such an important self awareness came facing me was in college and I might have shared this story before I was a resident assistant you know I was in a dorm and some girl said to me that my sarcasm was very hurtful and I had no idea what she was talking about truly I didn't I I was not at all self-aware I was very sarcastic and I really didn't understand um what she meant Fast forward years down the road, I was in a homeschool group, kids were young, and I made a snarky comment in a group that I led, actually, someone was late, and I kind of teased them about it in a sarcastic way, and the next day, I got a 12-page letter from this person (laughs) about how basically awful I was, and how my sarcasm was so destructive, and it is an incredibly hurtful letter, but it really started me on the path of becoming self-aware in parts I didn't want to be self-aware, but with my sarcasm. 
and realizing that it was such a protective cover-up for me if I was being honest I'm sure in college I was probably insecure about that girl I don't remember now but I do remember the one the second example and I was insecure this lady um I was insecure around her and I'm sure that it was a sharp comment because of my insecurities and I was able to identify that um because someone else brought it up and it was hurtful that way I would say how much better for us all if we can be open to looking at ourselves and seeing through an Enneagram or something like this and saying, wow, is that me? Or realizing, yes, that is me. And, you know, how does that impact other people? How does that impact my relationship with my spouse, with my children, with my friends? And be willing to dive in. You might save yourself from a situation like I had to endure because I wasn't self-aware at that point. Yeah. Well, and and to be able to look at the people who are closest to you. And another thing that you've kind of walked me through is it is okay to have that inner circle. Like yes. not everybody needs to be in that inner circle. Um and so going to that inner circle and saying, I know this about myself. Will you help me with this in this way? Um yeah. So for me, it's like um, my closest, my my couple closest friends and my husband. Like a hey, will you will you let me know when my feelings are running away? Yeah, with me, and I need to to check them. Um, because they can do it. They can do it in love and not in a nasty twelve page letter. They can do it in love and also because they know all of you. And I think that's the other beautiful thing about a circle, a tight circle, is they know all of you. They know that, oh, this is this is a cycle for her. This is what she does. We know she comes out of it. We love her anyway. We know this isn't all of her. But I think often, yes, right, someone who doesn't know me that well or know you that well, if they saw that and they might send you a 12-page letter on how you're not following the Lord, they don't know all of you. So you right. do have to be careful in receiving all of that. And I have learned, I don't have to receive every critique that comes my way, to be honest, because yeah. people don't know all of me. Only the people who know all of me do I welcome full critique and full, you get to say, you know, if you're in my inner circle, you have the right to say whatever you want to me and, and you know, and keep me in check. But if you aren't, then I really am careful about receiving that. So, right. Well, and I think the more we learn about ourselves, too, the more, mm, the more, hopefully, in many situations, understanding we become with other people because we realize I am at a very different place on in in this on this path than I was a year ago, and you realize that other people are in different places as well. And I think it's also helped me with that critique because you and I had talked about um, a, a really hard situation I went through with a someone who is a friend and kind of did the same thing yes, yes. to me, but threw back some very hurtful things. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like took some, some things that she knew were, were insecurities of mine and threw them um, like darts at me. But getting, learning more about myself and learning more about other people. So not just spending time. um, Obviously, I remember things about my type more because it's me. Um, But learning about other types and other people, I can identify like, oh, this this really wasn't about me. 
it really was it w- really was about her and I see I you can see how those things that that other people are struggling with impact how they treat other people so true so um true. And then you can kind of, you, you can let that go and do the, do the thing that we tell our children all the time, like focus on your, how you treat others. Like yeah. you can't control how they treat you. Control how you treat them. Yeah. Like, so true. you know, so anyway, I'm kind of nerding out on it right now. Cause I love, I love it. Well, love tell me, um, where would you suggest they go? If there, is there one website or one place that you would send um, people too, if they've not done the Enneagram test or where do they go? Yeah. So it's really as if you're going to do a test, I wouldn't pay for one by any means. Um, you can take one, but jot down like the top, the top numbers it suggests. It's going to be a little different than like, what color are you or what animal are you in that it's very highly, um, a self process of self-evaluation. So look at the ones that it says you could be most good ones are going to tell you, you could be this, this, or this, like look into these three and then go read more in depth about them because it gets to the deep down parts of us, those shadowy sides that like things that this uncovered in me. I'm like, I've never told that to anybody. (laughs) How do they know this about me? Right. so you'll kind of be able to identify, self-identify as you learn more about the different, the different types that, that you are likely to be. And probably most people, when you just hear the nine, you're like, oh, I have an idea of which ones I could be. If you have that from just hearing it, go read about those. And I really, really love The Road Back to You. Um, I also... Um, I also love, um, his podcast called typology. That's Ian Cron's podcast. Um, there's another one, uh, that I've heard, that I've heard people, is it the sacred Enneagram or the sacred, um, it's a, I'm trying to figure out what it's called. Yeah. There's a podcast. Um, but sacred Enneagram sacred something in the, if I, I'll find it and we can put it in the show notes. Um, but I've heard really great things about this podcast too. But like this one, typology, Ian Cron is a, um, is an Episcopalian priest. It's very much, um, from the, the standpoint of a believer. Um, and so is this other one. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm loving it. I'm eating it up. So you're so good. Well, I think this is going to help, um, people listening. I think it will help them just to, again, get quiet with yourself, be willing to ask yourself the tough questions. It is part of self-care. It isn't selfish. Once you know yourself better, you really can minister to your family and your friends better. I think it's key. I think it's key. So I'm glad we talked about this today, Carrie. Anything you want to say, final words before we go? Yeah. Um, don't don't be afraid to do the hard work. It doesn't it doesn't always feel good to press into those things. And it doesn't always feel easy, but I think it's I think it's really worth it. 
That's good stuff. All right. Well, you never know. Carrie might pop up again in a couple weeks because we've got more to talk about. So thanks, Carrie, for being here. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Kathy. Ultimate Homeschooling Radio Network. To find out more, check out therealkathylee.com. You can download us every Friday on iTunes or your favorite app to listen to the podcast. Hey, if this hot mess can rock motherhood, so can you.